Hey everyone! Welcome to Redefining ABCD. Today's episode will be a Larger Than Us episode, and in this segment we will talk about topics that are deemed controversial or stigmatized in the South Asian community. Our goal for Larger Than Us is to share many sides and voices to these topics. So hey everyone, welcome back. Today we'll be talking with Ragini all about her experience with interracial relationships in the South Asian community. As we balance two cultures in our identity, balancing two cultures in a relationship can be just as hard. So welcome Ragini, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. So for, a little, for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely, I'm very happy to be here. I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, but I've lived in the DC metro area for a little over six years. And I'm happily married to my husband, Neil, and we're just coming up on our two-year wedding anniversary. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So um, I guess just kind of going into um, your relationship with Neil, how slash where slash when did you first meet your partner? So our story is a little funny. I met Neil by happenstance, actually. So I had just graduated college. I was 21 years old, and I had a string of just bad relationships. And so I was very much in that phase of I'm just over men. Um, But I had just moved to DC and I was 21, as I said, so I wanted to see the happy hour culture. Um, So I decided to go to a beer garden called Dacha in the Shaw neighborhood of DC and see what it was all about. But I had never been to a bar before. And so I didn't know how bars worked and how to order anything. Um, And so I decided to just take a chance and just ask the the one guy that was standing next to me if he knew what was to order and that just happened to be my meal <laughs> so it worked out so I guess luck was on my side that day <laughs> oh, that's so cute it was all like yeah luck fate Woohoo! <laughs> it was meant to be yeah. it worked out it, was it worked out <laughs> I always yeah I always like to also ask this I'm like can you just tell us a little bit about your wedding itself because just being from two different cultures how did what parts of like the Indian wedding and the American wedding did you guys decide to kind of like use for your like wedding and reception? Yeah, so a little bit about us. So Neil came from a Catholic family and my family is comes from a Hindu background. So when it came down to our wedding, we really wanted to blend our two beliefs and cultures as much as possible. And what was funny was that actually when we were trying to find an officiant, it was easier to find a Hindu priest that was willing to officiate rather than a Catholic priest. And so it was actually really hard. Um, And so we ended up having to um, get a non-denominational priest to officiate our ceremony for the the Christian part, which ended up working out really, really well. Um, And so because we couldn't get a Catholic priest, a lot of the wedding was kind of taken over by (laughs) the Indian side of things. So we had you know, the Haldi, the the Sangeet, and then we had our combined um, wedding ceremony. Um, And we shortened the Hindu part, and then we combined it with the non-denominational priest, um, and it just worked out really well. We didn't do a dress change, just wanted to make it super fast and simple and get out of there. Um, But it was a lot of singing, a lot of dancing, really good food. It was great. And the pictures came out great, so I was very happy with that. (laughs) 
That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's always it's always cool to see how, you know, like interracial interracial like couples like deal with like issues like wedding and like what parts of both cultures you want to bring into both and the creative solutions that come out of it, you know, whether it be two weddings or one wedding and a shared kind of ceremony like you did. Like I really like I appreciate seeing that sort of um how how people have taken it on their own and and found a solution to these kind of um topics and it's really great do you have any like just out of curiosity do you have any like fun like um crazy stories from your wedding that just you didn't think it was going to work out but it did and it's great and thank god and I don't know do you have any like crazy stories like that from your wedding specifically you know I think the whole wedding process was just very very interesting because I (laughs) I feel like it was any wedding process like obviously with like your family you're going to run into like issues where you're like I want this thing and they don't and vice versa one thing that was funny, which I find humorous, my mom really did not, was um, <laughs> um, we went to this like Indian store to get, obviously, our outfits. And my mom wanted Neil to wear a dhoti. And I did not. <laughs> because I was just like, I just didn't, I, I didn't want him to do that. And my mom was just like, why don't you want him to wear a dhoti? He looks, he looks so good. He looks royal, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like... I don't know. I just don't think it'll fit with the vibe. And she just didn't like that. And then <laughs> come down to the actual wedding day, he, I come up and he looked great. And I'm like, okay, well, this was just a pointless fight. I don't know why we talked about this, but okay. <laughs> and um, another thing that happened was that the way that we set, it, set up the month up was that we got up there, but it was a super, super hot day. And we were like underneath this awning and we had a fire in front of us. And so everybody had fans and they were all fanning themselves. And I'm just like, yeah, I have nothing. I'm up here alone with no fan. Okay. It's blistering hot. And it was just a nightmare. And then the fire started moving towards Neil. And so part of me was just like moving and I'm just like pushing him back. I'm like, okay, just, just, you know, the fire can go this way, but you can't go straight, you know? And then it got really, really bad that it was actually starting to melt the stage a little bit. And so my oh, uncle no. grabs a bottle of holy water and just <laughs> all over, the, oh my God. over the fire. And then our wedding planner had like the fire extinguisher on standby. It was a total mess. Oh, God. It was hysterical. It was so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, I mean, it was like, it was just very comical and how funny and just lackluster it was. Cause I'm like, this is just us. Like we're <laughs> not very serious people. If it was to happen to anyone, it would have happened to us. So we just made light of it, but it was just very funny and it, it was very us. So I'm happy with it. That's amazing. Quite literally made a light of it there. <laughs> 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 that's amazing I mean like I, I that's like such a story to tell I, it's crazy um no like I don't know crazy things happen at a wedding so I've only been to like three but from what I've what if what I've heard it's just a wild time um oh yeah <laughs> but I mean I guess going going a, a little more into the beginning parts of your relationship um did you ever have any like initial hurdles that you had to overcome you know, when you started dating, and then even when you were married, like early years of that of that marriage? Yeah, so from the very beginning, we were very fortunate in the sense that both of our families were very accepting and of our relationship. 
you know, from the very start, despite there being a lot of cultural and religious differences on both sides. But we ended up realizing that we had a lot more similarities than we thought. Both of our families were very, very similar in just the way that they interacted with each other. And so I think in the grand scheme of things, like both of our families like fell in love from the instant that they met. So it was really, really easy on that front. Um, But of course, I feel like any kind of quote unquote outsider coming into an Indian family would obviously have some misunderstanding on the Indian family dynamic. And so I think at times, I think he wasn't very sure about how close my family was to each other and how involved we kind of were in things. And so I think that just took a lot of time to actually really understand because obviously his family wasn't like that. And so it just took a little bit of time. But on a more serious note, it was more me kind of talking about, obviously, when it comes into interracial relationships, also talking about racism and microaggressions and just passive aggressive stares and and comments that you would get at times, right? And I had to kind of sit down and explain to him how it impacted my life. And if we were to be together, how life would be and just what he had to kind of look out for, you know, that's just a fact of how life is. And so I had to explain to him, like, look, like, this is what I deal with. If we're together, we kind of have to fight this battle together. And if this isn't something that you want to do, or if this is too much, you have the option to kind of walk away. And I told him that very early on in our relationship, not like a year in, because I was like, look, like, if this isn't for for you, (laughs) you can go. But you know, he very much made it very clear that he wanted to help and wanted to fight against these kinds of things. And so, yeah, it's very easy to say I'm proud to have him as a life partner. That's good. He was able to kind of like, he wanted to be on board with it too. And it was also very early on in your relationship, like you said, and that's super important. I think that's like to have a successful relationship, you need to be like open and upfront. Like if you just pack it in that's when all the problems started occurring so that's really good you guys were able to have that talk early on well the thing it also helped is that I had had previous like you know relationships where I would kind of talk about these things and it was very clear from the get-go that they weren't willing to kind of do the work or kind of even talk about these things it was more like let's just you know push it under the rug and just kind of hope for the best and I'm like no that's not how I operate I can't I can't do that. This is my life too. Um, And I'm like, no, these issues exist. So it was very important for me from the jump that I was like, how do you feel about these things? And it's just very blunt about it. (laughs) So it it helped that he was on the same page. That's good. Um, So I guess, can you like speak a little bit more about how you guys kind of work, like work together to find the balance between both cultures or backgrounds in your relationship? Like any of the differences or anything that was like most apparent for you in your guys' life? Yeah, absolutely. So what made things like just very, very easy from the beginning was that Neil always had a very like vested interest in in our culture and in the various traditions that we had. We both realized very early on that we like weren't very religious per se. We were more spiritual. Um, but he made an effort to get to know my immediate and my extended family. He wanted to wear our attire. He was very confident in it. He wanted to take us to the temple for all of the religious uh, and cultural events, you know, things like that. It was like little things that he showed the effort that he wanted to be more involved and he wanted to understand, understand it, not just be a part, like just be there. He wanted to be present and involved. Um, 
And then I also made an effort to get to know his family, get to know his traditions that the family had and things like that. And from a religious perspective, like I said, we were from two very different religions. There wasn't any pressure to, say, convert, per se, from from his family. And so I think naturally, without that extended pressure, it was just really easy um, from that from that side of things. Um, but I think the main differences appeared when, like I said, it, when it was like going out into predominantly white spaces and it was just, you know, I, I'm fortunate, quote unquote fortunate in the sense that it wasn't really as much, you know, blatant comments towards me. It was more the passive aggressive stares or just like stares of wonderment coming in my direction. Like, oh, oh, wow, they're together. Or like, a, oh, they're together. And there's a very clear difference in the stare. Um, and, you know, and Neil initially didn't see those stares or he wasn't just aware of it. And I, coming on the other end of that, I was so engulfed by it because that's all I really knew. I was very used to being a brown woman in a predominantly white space. And so I had to very much explain to him what my experience as a brown woman in this country is and how it's different from his white experience. Um, and that how it was now his responsibility that if he saw an example of injustice or something passive aggressive or something coming on, now it was his responsibility to fight for me and for other POCs that he sees. And in the future, we don't have children yet, but when we do fight for them and their rights too, because they will be biracial. So I was just like, you know, this has to become a priority now. Um, and as I discussed, it was like smaller differences came in just cultural differences. Like for one, I think most of us can agree, you know, Asian households, we don't wear shoes in the house. That was one thing that I was like, uh uh. And so when I went to his <laughs> when I went to his house, his family would just wear the same shoes all over the house. And I'm like, I'm not used to that. I don't like it. Um and now that we're married and we're sharing a space, I'm just like, yeah, no, no, we're not doing that here. <laughs> So yeah, it's just it's just funny, but we're working through it. That's amazing. No, that's so good to hear. Like, um, like I, I don't know. Like, I, I think especially in the very beginning stages of a relationship, when it comes to interracial relationships and stuff, and just relationships in general, there's so many things that need to kind of like a lot of boundaries that need to be set and a lot of like discussions to be had. So it's good that like these kind of things kind of came up in a very early stage of of your relationship. And I don't know. It's like really nice to see. Um. I don't know, I guess going off of that a little bit, um, you know, you talked a little bit about the conversations you had with Neil and your immediate family. Did you have any difficult conversations that you had to have with your extended family, you know, especially the ones in India who might not, who it's really an unfamiliar concept for them, you know? Um, so it's funny that you asked that because I, I remember when I was younger and I started realizing that like a lot of the guys that I was like, you know, attracted to were conventionally, you know, they were white and all of that stuff. And I'm, I'm like, obviously, you know, we grew up in Cincinnati, so it's a predominantly white area. And so I was just like, oh, wait, what does this mean? Blah, blah, blah. Will I marry a white guy? I don't know. And so I decided to test the waters at a very young age with my grandparents. And I wow. went up to my grand and I went up to my grandpa, my grandfather, and I was just like, what would you do if I brought back a white guy? Would you be okay with that? And my, I remember my dad's dad was like, if you're happy, I'm happy. And I was like, that's a very nuanced answer. I don't know how you feel. And my mom's dad was like, 
absolutely he was a very jolly guy and so he was just like absolutely the more the merrier more like food absolutely new food i'm here for it and i'm like okay <laughs> that's a very different answer so he was very much on board he was like you know if this guy is fun and he's willing to embrace us i'll embrace him kind of attitude and my grandmother, my mom's mom is very much the same way. Like, it's very clear that Neil's the favorite of the family and he was just very welcomed. There were some family members that just genuinely didn't get it because they thought that, oh, even though she grew up in the States, she's still going to marry an Indian Bengali guy. And that's just how it's going to be. And I had to be like, I don't see that in my future and then when I started dating Neil I was like that's definitely not in the future <laughs> and one of them just straight up stopped talking to me altogether yeah. but majority of my extended family very much accept him love him you know welcomed him with open arms so minus that one person it's not really a concern which is great that's good to hear. I mean, I was going to say, like, I think with these things, it usually just comes down to they're just majority of the time, I feel like they're just very unfamiliar with the concept and you need to kind of, and again, this is kind of, uh, I don't know, stereotyping and like making sure, but like, you know, like, are generalizing per se. I, I think most of them just need to get eased into the idea. You just got to keep chipping at it until finally they're like, all right, it's your life. I can't do anything about it. It's fine. I feel like the fear, the fear is that they're concerned that the culture is going to be, you know, gone, the language is going to be gone, all of that stuff. And I understand where they're coming from. Like, I feel like that's a very valid um, concern to have. But at the end of the day, you know, I am a very proud Indian American woman it's not something that I'm just willing to like just be like yep I'm married to a white guy these things can go out the window it's never been like that and so I'm just like I can only do my best to try to promote the traditions and the language that I grew up with and then you know do my best with that to preserve it and I know that I'm going to be around my family so I'm just I'm not as concerned about it but I do understand where that concern comes from yeah and I think like it's inevitable, I'm going to be honest here, it's inevitable that some parts will dilute being, like, first-generation Indian American. Like, it, that's just the start. And I mean, like, not even mm -hmm. that, too. Like, even in India, I'm seeing more Western values being put into society and, like, their mindset changing. So, like, it's inevitable wherever we go, some parts are going to be diluted. So, it's, like, it's not up to you. I mean, we're more in, like, a prevalent state of being Indian American that people are like, oh, right. you have to take care of it. But, like... In reality, everybody really has to as well, I think. Absolutely. And that's such a big burden to take on yourself, too. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, that shouldn't be on this one individual Indian-American person. If this one person decides to marry someone out of the race, the entire culture is dead. Like, that's... I don't think so, though. I don't. I'm, too many know, Indians for that. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. So yeah, no, it's it's it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a complicated kind of conversation, but I think is. to put things in perspective too is that you know I don't speak Hindi because my family's from Bengal, so it's you know I speak Bengali, and so I was I was you know talking about how I had gone to India and like these people were speaking to me in pure Hindi, and I was like, look, I I don't understand Hindi, like I don't speak Hindi. I can understand a few words, but I can't, I don't know how to respond to you. And I was talking to an, a couple friends, Indian friends that I had here. And I was like, did you guys run into this problem? And she's like, look, I, my family speaks only Hindi at home. I don't speak Hindi here. 
I don't know Hindi. And I was like, oh my gosh, so you're dealing with the same issue that I am. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like an outsider, even though like, this is my homeland. And I'm like, no, like, it doesn't make us less Indian, you know, because like, I'm like, I still speak Bengali. I just don't speak Hindi, you know? It's yeah, just, yeah. I don't know. It's all comparative, I think. Mm-hmm. Just hearing kind of how you kind of navigated with your relationship with Neil and like up to like your relationship to marriage with him and like having those open conversations. As a person who's single, that's like, nice to hear the fact because like a lot of times like going dating or like going like to meet new people that's like one of the first things I think about like even before I even meet the guy I'm like will he like me because I am an Indian woman because a lot of times growing up you were never I don't know just like you were never like seen as like the I like the ideal girl that people would like I guess it's really hard to explain just because like growing yeah. up you see all like the middle school and high school movies or teenage coming into age movies be about like blonde white girls and so you're 100%. never really the type of person that you would think people would be attracted to so like it's just nice to hear that like there are people out there who do appreciate like different cultures and like are willing to like make it work you know, it's so fun that you said that because I went through the exact same complex. I, I get it. I 100% get that because I just remember growing up in school, only seeing white, blonde, or brunette, you know, beautiful girls and just being like, I don't look anything like that. I'm a dark skinned Indian woman. Like, I don't fit this narrative. Like, what's wrong with me? And it only took really like years of actually getting really comfortable with myself and being like, ah. I can compete. It's fine. You know, it's not, it's not that deep, but you know, obviously, but the more you believe, really believe in yourself and just actually like to stand out and be like, look, this is who I am. I can't change that. Sorry, but this is who I am. You're just going to attract the right person really. Because, you know, I dodged a lot of bullets that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. There's a level of internalized racism you really have to overcome when it comes to dating, especially for, like, POC women. Like, not POC, like, you know, South Asian women speaking, like, as a South Asian woman. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I think, like, I definitely didn't really, like, going – and it sucks because I feel like that internalized racism really comes through like on the first date and you're like I shouldn't care about this I really shouldn't be overthinking this but I am and I hate it that this is only the first date it's fine we're fine but yeah and as a first generation Mm -hmm. POC it's even harder because you're coming from a from another generation who grew up very confident because they were around people that look like them now you've taken them out of that into a new country where they have literally zero idea or identification on how to really work with this new society. And so the standard's completely different, right? Um, right. Yeah. So I can, I completely understand where that's coming from as well. Cause it's something I struggled with. <laughs> right. Right. No. And I think like you said, like there's like a lack of role models in that way. Cause exactly. like, you know, you can't go and ask like your family member. I mean, you could, but they, they won't have the right answers and they won't be able to give you those answers. Like, you know, like, what do you wear on the first date? Like, where do you take someone on a first date? Like all these tiny questions that you, absolutely. I, I feel like people take for granted sometimes cause they can ask a family member. It's like, I can't, do that i really can't they don't have the answer they're just as confused as i am like (laughs) you know they don't know like (laughs) i don't know it's hard it's hard to navigate especially in the very beginning stages of of any sort of relationship mind you an interracial one so it yeah wild wild times (laughs) 
100%. (laughs) (laughs) But kind of going into, like, the interracial, like, couple, like, oh, I'm sure being in that position, you get a lot of questions or, like, comments from people outside, like, being like, I'm curious about this. Is there any, like, particular question that you're, like, kind of tired of hearing from people asking you? Oh, my gosh, yeah. So this, this, this particular question, I think, in particular, is just, like, one of those things that it just boggles my mind. Because I feel like when it comes down to interracial dating and then interracial marriages, it's just there's 100% a double standard when it comes down to within the South Asian community that I've experienced firsthand. It's like if there is a brown man with a white woman, he's celebrated. Like he's like, wow, you did it. Congrats. But (laughs) when I've been out with my white partner, it's I have been blatantly stared at by South Asian men and just straight up asked like why I'm not choosing them. You know, I'm disgracing my community for choosing a white guy, basically that I'm choosing a colonizer essentially. And just one thing that um, I've been asked is just why I'm trying to whitewash my culture and my future kids. And so I'm just really tired of that because one colorism, like that's just the colorism undertones of that. So I'm a dark-skinned Indian woman, and I'm proud of it. So insinuating that I'm only with Neil to make lighter babies is just really beyond me, and it's not something that I appreciate. And it's just also moving to, like, the same ideas that women have to, like, stick to a traditional box where they can't really choose who they love. And I don't personally see the point of that. It's I'm proud to be an Indian American. I'm excited to share our culture and traditions with my future family, but when will we actually be free and equal to make the right decisions for ourselves? And I personally don't think that we have to sacrifice our our identity or our culture to be with the ones that we love. And it's this whole concept of interracial relationships and marriage is, is beautiful because you're growing and you're learning together and it's a mixture of cultures. And so it's a strength in my opinion, and it should be celebrated. Yeah, it, like, that's kind of surprising to see, like, people put the blame on South Asian women, but when it's for, when men do the same thing, it's celebrated. Like, I, I don't know why, still, I can't still wrap that around my head, that, like, why is why are we, like, subjugated in this way? It just, beyond, that just makes me so confused. It, it just, as honestly, does not make a whole lot of sense to me, because it's happened on numerous occasions. I used to think that it was, like, a one-off, situation with this one guy who just didn't like or appreciate the fact that maybe I was on a date at date at the time with you know my then boyfriend or something but then it consistently kept happening where it was like I would just get stares like oh why'd you choose them and not me and I'm like it's not that it's just I liked this man we started talking we formed a relationship and that's just how it goes like you know it's an organic thing it's not like I made the conscious decision to not choose a South Asian man, you know? So I just think it's just one of those things that just completely biased and it happens all the time. I just wish that people were more open to the concept of finding love when it happens. It really shows like how people perceive relationships in terms of gender roles. Like women are the ones who are supposed to nurture the family. It's like very prevalent when you hear those types of comments and like, it's got to, like, I think now, like, it's got to be a two-way street. Like, it's not just, it's not just the, like, the girl or the person. It's both people in the relationship need to, like, break those gender roles down and try to figure out how to balance all what needs to be done in a relationship. Completely agree. 
Um, I guess kind of going off that a little bit, like I know you kind of mentioned like, um, you know, Neil, like having to learn a lot of uh, things about our South Asian culture. Um, Did your husband have any concerns or questions when entering a new culture very different to the Western culture and, you know, vice versa? Like, did you have any questions for him that, you know, you didn't think you had until the moment and you were like, oh, wow, like I we should probably talk about this. Um, Like what kind of questions did you have? Absolutely. So he had heard of multiple experiences where some South Asian families just weren't accepting of interracial relationships. Um, So he was just very nervous from that perspective of what my family's response would be to bringing him home and, um, and all of that. But he was also simultaneously, he was also very, very confident that he would be able to like win them over. And he was right. Like he's very much the favorite now in terms of my questions, for his family, mine was obviously more with like more of a racial undertone to it. He grew up in a very small uh, rural town um, in Virginia. And so like, you know, obviously with that, you don't see a lot of diversity. So I wasn't sure about how I was initially going to be perceived or even welcomed into his home. And so there was a lot of anxiety there. Um, And so when I, before I met the parents, I asked them like, you know, like, what do you think your family will do when, when they meet me? How, and I asked them a lot of important questions too. Like how big is it? How big is religion to you? How important is your family? Um, What ties to you are important? Things like that. But when I met his parents and I was able to understand that dynamic, a lot of those fears just went away because they were just very accepting and very loving. So it was good in that sense. Um, Out of curiosity, I mean, like, all the kind of like the smaller things that the things that like kind of makes you anxious when kind of bringing up these types of topics or like the fears that you've had how did you kind of like navigate through that just because just thinking as like someone maybe that's like early on in an interracial couple like that might be having these same fears how do you think they could maybe like kind of navigate that or how did you kind of go about that so I think when I was starting to initially have those fears when I started dating really in college and I started realizing kind of trends of what I didn't want in a partner which was I was giving all this energy into defending them. But then when it came to a comment being made or a passive aggressive microaggression or anything of that nature, and they would not do anything. They would not step in or say, hey, that's wrong or anything like that. And I straight up said to Neil, this is something that will now be a part of your life. If you see something happening or you see someone just staring, just a little too much and it's a little too hard will you actually step up and say something and I realized that after noticing what his dad would do for me which would literally stand up go to a manager and be like why is someone circling my daughter-in-law like what are you doing like this is my this is my family you're messing with and I saw that from him and I knew that if he was raised by someone like that And then the way that I knew that I saw Neil kind of behaving where he would step up and be like, what, what's going on here? Like, I'm like, that's the difference. He, and he was actually willing to do the work. He was willing to listen to stories of times where I felt uncomfortable. And I was like, I can't believe this happened. He'd be like, okay, well, tell me more about that. Like what happened here? And I never had that happen before in a relationship. And I feel like if those conversations can actually happen, where you can just vent and they actually just listen. They don't interject with like, oh, well, I had this happen. No, hear me (laughs) out. (laughs) I think that's just a solid difference 
And I saw that in Neil and it's continuously happening. And now he's doing a lot more work to just better understand diversity and just racial issues. And I think that's the key thing about being an ally, right? Like willing to actually listen and try to not put yourself in their shoes, but actually try to figure out from them how to make it a better world. And so that I feel like he's a part of that change. So I think for anyone that's scared about it, like make sure that you have a partner that's willing to hear you out on those issues. And if you're scared about traveling by yourself, that they'd be willing to go with you places. Like I told Neil from the very beginning, I'm like, I don't want to go to predominantly like a very small town where I don't know anyone by myself. Like that's personally one of the things that makes me uncomfortable and he's more than willing to come with me. So it's little things really. Do you think that there's potential for change in the future in terms of like how people perceive interracial relationships? Um, Like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think, do you think in the far future, like that perception is going to change? And is there anything that like, we, I mean, you kind of went into it a little bit, but is there any way that, you know, just people in general should be mindful of those sort of things? I think, to be honest, I think perception is already changing. Um, I think, in a, with our most recent generations, I think a lot of them are more accepting and more, you know, open. And so we're seeing a lot more interracial relationships happening more than ever. I mean, it's not lost on me that the whole concept of interracial relationships is still very, very new. You know, it's not that long ago that it was illegal, you know. And so, but I do think that more people are open to the concept of, okay, let me learn about new cultures. Let me learn this whole concept of colorism is not just ingrained in South Asian culture. It's very much a widespread thing. And so obviously unlearning that will take a lot longer to do, but I think that acceptance of newer cultures is starting to happen. And if more and more people are willing to do it, I think the statistic is by like 2040 or something like that, there'll be a really insane high number of people who are considered mixed race. And I think that's beautiful. I think that shows that more and more people are willing to understand each other, willing to expand their horizons and have the general understanding. So I think the, you know, the future looks really bright in that regard. So do you think the same for the South Asian community? Just because like in Western culture, I guess, like in the American culture, the individualistic is like, it's like very like understanding like open to change I feel more than like a conservative culture like South Asian culture um do you think in the South Asian community that could potentially be like the same way um you know I I'm not entirely sure I do have faith that the South Asian community will you know will expand their horizons because I know from my family's perspective they were very open and very accepting and I think it helped that you know Neil and his family had a very high interest in Indian traditions and in our culture, right? And I think that they were making it very clear that they didn't want to take away from it. And I think that if more people kind of showed that same level of interest and care towards us, that the South Asian community would be a little bit more welcoming of interracial relationships. Because I think that there is still very much a fear of we're losing our culture, we're losing our language, we're using, we're losing, losing, losing. But I think there's a major strength that can happen with all of that as long as there's a joint commitment between two both parties that say, hey, like we're not trying to just lose it. We're trying to mold and, you know, bring it all together. We're not trying to break it apart. Um, 
it's a fear that I understand, but it's also something that I think we can grow from. So I, I think there's potential. Mm-hmm. Like we can evolve. We can all we can do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Um, so kind of just to wrap up the episode for today, um, what advice would you give to people that are like currently in interracial relationships or people who are just kind of like starting out their marriage together and starting their life? Yeah. So my my general opinion of that is just I'm a firm believer that love is love and if you truly love somebody, you should be willing to fight for the person that you love and for your relationship. Um, but before you enter marriage um, with your chosen partner, just make sure that the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with will fight for you with the same energy that you would give them. If you're willing to go to the ends of the earth and fight for what you believe, they should be able to match, match you. And if they're not, and they're not willing to kind of defend you in whatever instance it may be, whether it be racial, religious, or otherwise, if they're not willing to defend your decision, then maybe that's not the right partner for you. And also just make sure that you're aligned on a spiritual and and an emotional level, because there will be bumps along the road. There, naturally, like in any other relationship, there will be bumps in the road. Um, and you have to make sure that they'll be willing to stand by you. Um, and also make sure that you hold yourself and your partner accountable. They like when you see or you experience any microaggressions or any sort of racial behavior. I feel like a lot of that sometimes can go under the rug and just, you know, as a POC, explain to them what happened, why it's damaging um, and long term effects of that, because sometimes they just truly won't understand it until you really put it into layman's terms. Right. At the end of the day, communication is really key and it's your strongest tool. Um, it's helped me with my marriage um, and I'm confident that it'll help future relationships as well. Thank you so much, Ragini, for coming in, talking to us about interracial relationship and your relationship with Neil. Um, it's really nice having you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Larger Than Us. We hope you enjoyed hearing our conversation today. So go check us out on Instagram at redefiningABCD and feel free to let us know your thoughts about this episode. And as always, stay safe, stay happy, and we'll see you all in the next one.